Father, thank you for sending your only begotten Son. Thank you for finishing your work on the cross for all those who will believe and trust in you. May many come to understand and submit by faith to the wonderful and saving power of your work that says to tell us die. You alone provide the soul-cleansing work that saves mankind. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I was glad to see that on Twitter, trending in the United States, 10.7 thousand tweets. It is finished. In Greek, that would be to Telestai. And I had just posted a archive series, a number 105 archive series, to Telestai on my Substack page, which can be reached at andrewhorville.substack.com or gospel.com. And that's where you're going to find my work during our summer schedule as we enter into this time of the year where we infiltrate the community and let them know that it is finished. And so we will do this at our parks and at our on our street corners. So I'm going to put the social media campaign on hold until around the September time frame, and you will find all my work on gospel.com, which is my Substack page at andrewhorville.substack.com. And you can continue to interact with this content on Gab on our discussion page. And so I had those links all at gospel.com. And if you want to get a hold of my attention, just tag me. Tag my profile page on Gab, which is at Christ Supremacy. Now, I want to come back to this word to Telestai. And I'm going to entitle this episode, It Is Finished, number 105. Now, this word to Telestai is only in the Bible twice. And both times it's found in the book of John. No wonder I read a tweet yesterday, which I had posted on the new series that I'm starting, entitled The Watch Series. And I have number one in that series, which starts off with ban the Bible question mark because they want to ban the Bible. And no wonder America Magazine puts out a tweet yesterday that reads the gospel of John has been used to justify anti-Semitism, so we should stop reading it on Good Friday. What in the literal hell, people? Go back to that post on my Substack page. Ban the Bible. I, I I embedded the tweet after I had sent it out with just the video from Mark Dice where he went on the street and got about two pages of signatures from people who agreed to ban the Bible from the Amazon marketplace. Now, why do they not want you to read the book of John? Because it's the book where we solely read the title of our episode today in John 19.30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, to Tetelestai. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. And then we read 
Also today in the book of Isaiah, chapter 10, verse 1 through 3, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that right grievousness which they have prescribed. They try to prescribe such foolishness as, oh, we should not read the book of John on Good Friday where it says it is finished because it justifies anti-Semitism. Woe unto you. It goes on to say to turn aside the needy from judgment and take away the right from the poor of my people that widows may be their prey, that they may rob the fatherless. No wonder we've been talking about the fatherless within the last couple of days and people dismiss the fatherless like they're nothing. The passage continues in Isaiah, and what will you do in the day of visitation? And in the desolation which shall come from far, to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? You will cry out for help because you have refused the cries of help from the fatherless. So by God's grace, we're going to do exactly that. Give help where help is needed. Fatherless widows, whoever's going to show up to the park, Whoever is going to listen to our preaching on the street corners. Brother Chuck asks, what can we do for you to help this field campaign during the summer? Pray, my brother. Pray that God's will will be done and that souls will be saved. And not just for us, but for our brothers and Christians across the world. To include, most importantly, those who are doing it under the under persecution and great threat upon their lives, such as this Indian nationalist who has asked my thoughts on a couple of things lately. He had posted a post and said recently, a few months ago, a Christian pastor made a statement like this, and he says it's translated to English in my state, and he asked me, or he asked generally, and then he did a follow-up in the question in the comments, is this acceptable as a Christian? As he addressed me to get my thoughts. But he goes on, he says, provided this was in context where Hindu extremists were targeting churches and making them to shut down, to curb the virus. <laughs> that was their excuse. And he laughs. So this pastor was arrested and released because of pressure from Christians. I mean, I won't lie, this sounds based and he laughs again, but as a Christian, is this the way we should respond to Hindu extremists? He isn't threatening them with violence, but isn't that being implied here? And he puts a screenshot that says, we are now majority in the Kanyakumari district from 42%. We have crossed 62%. Soon we will be 70%. You cannot stop us. And he says, I'm saying this as warning to my Hindu brothers. Now, he asked my thoughts on this, and based on what I'm reading, I read this to be more of a political taunt than a spiritual warning or preaching. And why do I say this? I say this is because it's based on numbers, and I do not see the power of God, which we know is through preaching the gospel. It's preaching the gospel. And it's just a sort of like 
going back to and reading about David's tens of thousands when he boasted of his armies. And this did not please God because we are called to preach the gospel to our enemies, not taunt them with numbers. This only incites the flesh and wants them and wants them to prove you wrong. For the only numbers that we need, my friends, is one. And that is our God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you this as well. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, which we talked about yesterday. Indian nationalist replies, he says, amen. Yes, I feel too that he got intimidated by the anti-Christian forces and instead of relying on God went to the full offense boasting about numbers. He could have simply said, God is on our side. We won't be shaken, etc. He would have sounded biblical and strong. I agree. I pray for him and may God use the situation and turn it out for good regardless as only God can do. And speaking of being sound and biblical and strong, I can't remember or not if I mentioned this in a recent episode, but Curious Cat had replied to that back and forth conversation we were having on schooling, children's schooling. She says, I've been reading the back and forth in this thread, appreciate both perspectives, your point about visiting the fatherless in the schools to avoid abandoning them to the Antichrist hit me hard. And she says, you are right. The many children in the schools who are fatherless need us to invest our time and energy to point them to Christ. Amen, my sister, and I truly appreciate that. That was very encouraging after all the attacks that I was getting on just saying that you ought to pray how you should school your children. I came across a report from the Rasmussen yesterday, and it says 42% of American adults say they will attend a church service to celebrate Easter this year. That's up from 40% last year, so there's a a 2% increase. Now, I read these types of statistics And then the first question that comes to mind is, what do you mean about church? So here we see the necessity to define what a church is. Is it a church that ministers to the fatherless and widows? Or is is it a church that ministers to itself? It's only concerned about me, myself, and I, and my little neck in the woods, and my little in my little house structure. Manaji posts today in our discussion group on Gab and says, remember, this coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is just as important to celebrate as Jesus' resurrection this coming Sunday. Every single day of a Christian's life is resurrection celebration day. He says, too many will go to a building this Sunday and enjoy the pomp and frills, and then go back to forgetting God's existence for another year. So now do you know why I say define church? Man of G concludes, seek to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection every single day. Then we will share in his suffering 
becoming like him in his death. Philippians 3.10 Yesterday I sat down with our new brother in Christ at a meal at one of our local fast food restaurant places. And he asked me, he says, where do I begin? A lot of what you're telling me seems to be a little bit above my head. Where do I begin? And I told him the crux of the matter. And that is to get up every single day and to bring the great commandment before God and tell in, in prayer, say, Lord, help me today to love you with all my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength, with all of my mind, and to love my neighbor as myself. I told him if he did that alone, he would rise above to the top 10% of the Christian faith, just with that knowledge alone. And this is where we need to get back to as a church, my friends. This is what a church is. No wonder that we read Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have not we cast out devils? In thy name have we not done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. We read in the same chapter of Isaiah, chapter 10 today, O Assyrian, the rod of my anger and the staff in their hand is my indignation. I will send him against a hypocritical nation. Against the people of my wrath will I give him a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. And I'm telling you, this judgment is coming against a hypocritical nation called America. Because we have neglected the fatherless. We have neglected the great commandment. We have neglected the church of the living God. Today we read about a church demon who cried out, These men are the servants of the Most High God which show unto us the way of salvation. Here we see that this there was a possessed woman. In Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 19, And it came to pass, as he went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. Here is a demon speaking truth. But why did she do this? Why did this demon do this? And this did she did she did many days, but Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour, and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the Marcus place unto the rulers. Why did this demon repeatedly shout this truth and draw attention to Paul and Silas? I'll tell you why. It seems very clear that this demon knew that it would cause an uproar in the city. And we read in verse 21, And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. This demon knew that it was drawing attention. 
to Paul and Silas to bring persecution on them. Why? Because of the bottom line of mammon. The bottom line was being disrupted. They couldn't have it. How dare you disrupt our deities that put money in our pockets and then have the audacity to say that they don't have the power to save you. Don't you know that money saves? How dare you say it is finished in Jesus Christ? Yet these blasphemies and these blasphemous deities increase even today. And I will tell you clearly what a church is not. Bible Bigot shared an article with me yesterday that reads, Former Google Bigwig launches AI, Artificial Intelligence Church, that positions technology as God. Do you not see how this is in conjunction with the bottom line? There's a snippet, an excerpt that reads, Former Google executive Anthony Lewandowski has filed IRS paperwork to establish an official religion devoted to technology. Not only will this bizarre religion worship scientific progress, but it will also worship artificial intelligence and create a godhead. According to his filing, this new nonprofit religious organization, which will be known as the Way of the Future, will develop and promote the realization of a godhead based on artificial intelligence and through understanding and worship of the godhead to contribute to the betterment of society. L- l- listen to these buzzwords. The way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Yet they say that we should not read this book on Good Friday because it's anti-Semitic. But yet they want to push this trash, this blasphemous trash that calls itself the Godhead. You want to know how I know that the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, the Trinity is true? Because these antichrists proclaim it. But they proclaim this truth to mock it. Here in the next couple weeks, we will be hitting these marketplaces within our community. And I don't, and it's not going to be with welcome. I know this. It's not always going to be with welcome. I was talking to Eric yesterday. He went to the donut shop. He was standing in line. He told someone in line that he was born again. And the elderly man gave him a nasty look. Gave him a dirty look. And I told my brother, praise the Lord. Blessed is he who is persecuted for righteousness sake. A dirty look is nothing compared to those who are being beheaded, persecuted, and even crucified in other lands. Stand for Jesus Christ in the parks, in the streets, in the donut lines. Our brother Chuck continues in his message or in his email to me this morning. He says, after that reading about your respite from social media to better facilitate your your field work, I have a couple questions. Will we meet for Sunday worship on YouTube Live? Well, Lord willing, my brother. However, the mobile technology and the cell phone coverage all plays a factor in this. So we may have to shift the time. I'm going to continue to pray and to think on that. But for the next couple of weeks or so, because uh, usually we start hitting the parks around the first week in May, 
we will continue to be YouTube live. He says, will you continue to daily preach and teach through the Bible or will be or will this be picked up back in September? No, by God's grace, we're 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 continuing. It's just all my work's going to be found on gospel.com or you can get there by andrewhorville.substack.com. But we're we're continuing to move on, brother. We're moving forward for the glory of our king. And he says, what should I be praying for? Like I said earlier, keep praying that God's will will be done and that he will be glorified. He says, thank you in your part in re-energizing my faith and walking through your Christ first preaching and teaching. Christ is king, he says. Well, thank you for the encouragement, my brother. It is much appreciated. Keep up the good fight. And Chuck, he talks about this my part in re-energizing his faith. And I will say this to my brother and all of you who are listening. I must give all credit to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lord of my life, just as I told Eric yesterday. And this whole scenario that is filled with so many on-time, God-is-on-all-the-time moments, it's, it's miraculous. And just as we read about the miraculous timing, even when Paul was put into prison, we scratch our heads. Why am I in prison? God had Paul in prison for a reason. Acts 16, 27 through 32. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself. <laughs> this man immediately entered a low point in his life, a point of almost suicide because he thought that the prisoners had fled. But but Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling, and he fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And so before you begin to blame God for Paul being unjustly in prison, keep in mind of this prison keeper whose life and soul was saved because of it. Now you know why the Lord had called us all these years to be involved in our local public schools. Notice, with this prison keeper, there was no begging, no pleading or sales manipulation tactics in closing a deal to get this man to say a prayer, to coax this man to sign a paper to ban the Bible as we've seen in this video clip. And I will tell you this, my friends, there will be no begging and pleading that will stop the wrath to come. We read in Isaiah this same chapter in 10, 16 through 18. Therefore shall the Lord, the Lord of hosts, send among his fat ones leanness. And under his glory he shall kindle a burning like the burning of a fire. And the light of Israel shall be for a fire. And his holy one for a flame. And it shall burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. And shall consume the glory of his forest. 
and of his fruitful field, both soul and body, and they shall be as, as when a standard bearer feigneth. It will be finished for you one day, my friend, one way or the other. The work of Christ will be finished in your life, either through his grace or through his wrath. Choose wisely, my friends. Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory you in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgment of his mouth. O you seed of Abraham, his servant, you children of Jacob, his chosen. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto the Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee, will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance? When they were but a few men in number, yea, very few and strangers in it, when they went from one nation to another, from one kingdom to another people, he suffered no man to do, do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He brake the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance to bind his pr princes in his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses his servant and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They showed his signs among them and wonders in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood and slew their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chamber of their kings. He spake, and there came diverse sorts of flies and lice in all their coast. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also in their fig trees and baked the trees of their coast. He spake, and the locusts came and caterpillars and that without number, and did eat all the herbs of the land and devoured the fruit of the ground. He smote all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked. He brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and the waters gushed out. They ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise in Abraham his servant and brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness and gave them the lands of the heathen. And they inherited the labor of the people, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. 
And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.